Hi, 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 guys. Welcome back and happy Wednesday. Okay, guys, so we have a lot to discuss, and we have our good friend Ricky Cornish here, who literally Jason and I get to meet in, what is today, the 11th? I'm going to say three weeks. We get to meet our good friend in three weeks in person, and those are always the best memories moments, and I will be vlogging the entire experience when it comes to BravoCon. Now, we're not back to talk about BravoCon. No, no. We're back to talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake and all of the drama with rumored gay husbands and accidents and Mary Cosby on Watch What Happens Live. I don't even know where to go with this, but if you guys haven't already, go ahead, smash that like button. If you're not subscribed, get subscribed. Don't forget to hit that notification bell and let's welcome Ricky. Hello. What's up, my friend? I cannot believe I'm about to meet you in three weeks. Like, that's crazy to me. You owe me a fucking cannoli. Girl. You owe me a cannoli. Are you kidding? I'm the one who like put that in your mind. So when you come out here, you're taking me out to Italy and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ricky, you might be, have a, have a good reach, nice stretch, whatever. <laughs> but you know what? I think I can spare a cannoli. So we're okay. Yes. No, and I'm <laughs> definitely going to be showing you so much. I am so excited that you're about to be out here. It's wild to think that it's finally coming because we've been chatting about it for so long. So the fact that it's right around the corner, like literally around the corner. It's it's so close. You know, I actually just uh, spoke to Bravo Talent today and I was kind of trying to figure out, but, and guys, we're going to get into it. I was kind of trying to figure out where I was going to be and how I was going to navigate BravoCon this year because last year I had the best time and I was really behind the scenes for everything. Um, and this year, I think that it's going to be the best. And I'm so excited because my husband's going to be working. By the way, can I say something really quick? Yeah. I got a comment that said, Adam, stop mentioning your husband. You sound so desperate. Like you are always constantly trying to defend your marriage. I'm like, <laughs> kindly, bitch, shut up. Now, girl, you got to stop paying attention to those haters. You know, they I, got, like, they got nothing going on. Jason tells me the same thing. I'm like sitting here and I'm watching what's going on in the world and I don't want to get into it. But I'm like, there are so many other more important things that are happening. I don't owe anyone an explanation for that yet i'm sitting here speaking on it which is what jason's going to say after he watches this so. <laughs> but you know we are so excited it's going to be the best time i know that there's so many members of the adams family going that i can't wait to see and just so many meetups and as you know from last year it's like you don't really it's for us, you have to kind of pick and choose because since we're not talent, we're going sort of as you're going as legitimate press, right? Yes, correct. So you have your credentials? Yep, I just got them the other day. I'm so excited. This fucking bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> I love it for you. But you know, like you do have to be picky, like pick and choose. You have to kind of be picky on what you're going to do because there are so many things that are happening at the same time. And you kind of, it's like, are you going to James Kennedy's like DJing thing? Or are you going to the Real Housewives of Dubai hosting their whatever situation? Like it, it just, I don't know, you know? I know. I will say, even though I'm very grateful and I'm so excited to be covering for press this year, the thing that's a little tricky about it is, you know, you're in the press room all day. So I'm going to be in the press room all day Friday and all day Saturday. So that means I miss like any of the panels, any of the things. So that's like, you know, if you're going as an attendee, as a fan, or as for someone like you, like, I'm kind of jealous because you at least get to go see all the panels, get to hang out with everybody. Like, that's really fun. I am grateful, though, that on Sunday, the press room isn't open. So I'll be able to run around on Sunday and actually get to see BravoCon that day. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. It'll be so much fun. Okay. So, Ricky, let's get into Salt Lake City because we've spent five minutes talking about BravoCon. But if you had to rate last night's episode, by the way, did you watch Watch What Happens Live or no? I haven't watched all of it. I've seen the clips, but I have not watched all of it. The clips. Yes. That's all you needed. Exactly. I okay. saw plenty. <laughs> okay. If you had to rate last night's episode 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, what are you giving it? I would probably give it like a cute little like 6 or a 7. I definitely feel like it was a little bit more of a filler episode a little bit, but it definitely was still entertaining enough. It kept the stories going. You know, we're dealing with the aftermath of this event and everything. So overall, I thought it was fine. It was definitely still an enjoyable episode. Okay. I think that's fair. I think I would have given it a six. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that I love the way that we started off, but I don't think that we ended off like throughout the rest of the episode, it kind of got a little bit stale for me. Right. But there were a few mo- moments that I like really loved in this. But for this situation with Angie Katsanevas, she has really come into her own and she is embracing the housewives full time role where she is like, I am going to call out every single person. I know what I didn't do last season. I'm going to do it this season. If you have a problem with it, well, guess what, bitch? I'm going to be holding a snowflake. What are you feeling about her and her performance this year? I think this episode was really strong for her. She did the typical thing that you should do when you're a housewife, when you're confronted with a rumor on camera. You got to make a scene. (laughs) You know what I mean? You got to do something about it, especially if the person who's talking about your marriage or spreading these rumors is literally like, you know, 10 feet away from you, like literally in the same room, you got to go up to that person and make a scene. Like that's typical housewife. Um, So I thought Angie did a great job. I will say it was typical for Meredith to walk away. You know, that's what we're kind of used to her doing, the whole disengaging thing. Um, But I'm kind of getting sick of the walking away. Like, I believe you can have a conversation with somebody without it completely escalating and turning into chaos. Um, And I feel like the more you, you know, table it and the more you walk away from it you know you're just giving it more light because it's not going to go away now they're going to talk about it now it's not resolved you know which i feel like in some ways is actually good for the show too because it keeps it going but i think in terms of angie's performance she did a great job of like reacting making a moment and trying to make something happen see and i have to play devil's advocate here because i agree with you when it comes to angie katsanevas and really stepping into that position and owning it and doing what she needs to do and having those tough conversations But for Meredith, I have to agree in the sense that if you come up to me and you call me out over a rumor that you think I said about your husband, and I told you I did not say that, but yes, I've heard rumors, which Heather Gay also said, of course I've heard rumors, Mm -hmm. you know, but then you're going to say that I'm the one who's out here spreading my legs and hooking up with other people and cheating the entire time, like throughout the duration of my marriage. You lost me. You lost the conversation. I'm, in Meredith Mark's words, disengaging. I don't owe you anything. And I know that we're filming, but I would have walked away too because I think that Angie gets very hyped up and nervous in the moment. And I think that she gets really nasty because that's where she feels like she needs to go in order to secure this full-time role. And I think that there is a way to articulate the same message, but do it doing it with like poise and class and being like, Let's talk about this, Meredith. Like if this would have been me and I would have been Angie, I would have been like, can I talk to you for a second? Mm -hmm. So I just heard that you are spreading rumors that my husband is having uh, alleged affairs with men. And I want to hear your side of it. Right. I wouldn't have been like, I heard that you were spreading rumors and talking about my husband, which is so disgusting when you are the first person with your nasty ass shitty jewelry line going out here and getting half of New York and spreading your legs all over the place. You know what I mean? It's like, I wouldn't even engage with somebody like that because somebody who's coming in that hot, you don't want a conversation. You want to fight. I don't want to fight with you. Mm -hmm. And I think another key component here is it started off the two of them. But then the second that Whitney and Monica came over, it just became a whole moment, right? Like, I think Meredith, rightfully so, like got defensive and was more on guard because it's like, okay, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. But now why are Whitney and Monica here? Why are they here to chime in? And then the fact that Whitney was like, yeah, you did say that. Like, I'm sure Meredith in that moment was like, Okay, now we're trying to do a gang up moment here. Like, that's not what I'm here for. I don't know what you all are trying to spin, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, and we're used to Meredith disengaging. This is what she does. So I get what what she does. This is what she does. So I get what you mean in a real world situation. I would do the same thing, but maybe for a housewife moment where we live for this drama, we live for this craziness, maybe I would have given it a little bit more energy, but I completely agree with you. If it was reality, like real life, I wouldn't engage with that type of behavior either. No, I would have completely disengaged. And there's another thing that really bothers me. There's two things that bother me in this moment. One, I hate an ice luge because I think it's so gross. (laughs) I think that everybody's sticking their nasty little mouths on this thing and sucking out this liquid and being a... I'm like, no, ma'am. No, on the heels of the COVID that we cannot say here on YouTube because of the <laughs> algorithm. No, absolutely not. Are we sticking our mouths on the same eye statue? First of all, when I was a little, I lived in Tennessee and I stuck my 
legitimately, I was like a cartoon, stuck my tongue to an ice pole. And my dad had to come over and pour hot water on it and unattach my tongue. So my mouth is not going on anything I see. Anyways, only things that are hot. And secondly, no. Yeah. You know? Mm -mm. Well, my thing is, why can't we just pour it on the top and then it goes in our cups? Why does it have to go in our mouths? Like, can't we just like use our own cups instead of like putting our whole mouth on there? Because I agree with you. I'm surprised that a lot of people even still do stuff like that. Plus, hello, I know we don't like talking about this, but the pandemic did just happen after all. And, you know, we realized the germs spread pretty quickly around here. So maybe it's best if we try and do things a little bit more sanitary. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, Mary Cosby, with you and your little ridiculous watch what happens live fat shaming appearance, I just want to say the server waiter i say server because i was a server for 10 years i just got in trouble the other day because i said stewardess and somebody said it was flight attendant so i just want to say as a server a former server i wouldn't want to touch your food either Mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to touch your food i'm going to hand you the box which at many restaurants they do hand you the box because unless i have gloves on i'm not putting my nasty little fingers that have touched my shoes my 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 chest my shirt my clothes my ass like those aren't going on your food in your pizza that's gross it's not that i'm being lazy i just don't want to touch your food mm-hmm. we have to be very careful with mary because i feel like the more you glorify or find um personalities like her to be entertaining you're kind of encouraging people to act like that in public you're encouraging them to say negative things like that in public and that's not we should not be pushing that narrative. I think Mary can be kooky and funny in her own way without being mean. And I think this season we're really seeing her being mean. Like I think yeah. a classic example of like her when she was on the phone with Trixie Motel and she's like, oh, you don't have this? And, you know, they're saying that they have pizzas and she's like, what? Like, that's like kooky, silly, like whatever, right? But her full on like disrespecting a server and like you said, like talking about the women's weight and they eat too much and these outfits are cheap and like, It just gets to a point, it's like, okay, are you being silly and funny or are you being mean? And I think mean is not anything we should ever glorify, even though I know this is housewives and this is drama and everything. Glorifying someone being mean or like, you know, these harsh comments behind their breath all the time, I think it's something that we have to be careful for because nobody would want to be on the other end of hearing somebody say that to them, you know? No, and you know what was wild is after interviewing her mom and her stepdad, her mom, when she came out and her mom took a long time to get ready and she it was because she kept crying and she didn't know if she wanted to do the interview but when she came out she came out with these big sunglasses on and gave me the biggest hug and all of the compliments and was just like I can't believe you're here and you look amazing and I was probably wearing $25 worth of clothes like nothing special I was just trying to look put together I didn't really know what I was walking into and I don't spend a lot of money on clothes because I'm not a fashionista it just, it, it's, it's, I'm not, it's not me. It's like, I wear all black everything. And in that moment of seeing Mary with the way that she is, I'm like, wow, you are so far removed from the rest of your family and how they act and how, from what I can see, how they treat people, which we're going to get into when it comes to the watch what happens live thing. But my next question for you was Monica Garcia, is this witch not messy or are you saying no? No, I'm saying, yeah. Monica knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. (laughs) Monica, you are messy as hell. Yes. And I think Whitney kind of like hit on the head a little bit later on in the episode. Like Monica was the one who brought the rumor to the table, which I think you kind of need. Like if Meredith is going to dangle that there's rumors out there because she doesn't want to get her hands dirty and say that she doesn't know, you know, she's not going to say the actual rumors, then you need someone to come in and actually say the rumors. You can't leave. One thing I hate about any show is when you leave the audience guessing as to what you're talking about. Like, you have to bring the audience in. We're like an unofficial housewife, you know, on the show. We have to feel like we're part of the conversation, we're part of the drama, because we are. If you're shoving cameras in their faces, we should know what you're talking about. Um, so I'm glad that Monica just ripped the Band-Aid off and said, this is what the rumors are, this is what's going on, because you need that. You need that to keep the show going. So even though, yes, it's very messy and in Real life, would that be a very unattractive trait? Yes. But when it comes to making a show watchable and entertaining, you need somebody to do something like that. 
I agree. I have another opinion on this. TT doll. Meow. I don't know about the gang up because in my opinion, Meredith needs some reality check and Mary is insane. I can't see her as fun. She's mean. By the way, I love you, Adam. Hey. I love you, Adam. <laughs> Hi, TT doll. Thank you. So I wanted to just add into this really quick that she's giving me Lisa Vanderpump, Brandy Glanville vibes because remember how Lisa used to puppet master Brandy? It's kind of like for this, like the seed has been planted and Meredith. Sorry. <laughs> I got real bored real fast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are we boring you? Yeah, I know. I pulled an Andy. I'm a chronic yawner or whatever he said. Now yeah. I apologize, girl. I got, okay, I'll be with you. I got this cozy blanket on. It's fall vibes. And I am just like, Feeling cozy and tired, but that's did all. your press pass get to your head over here? <laughs> no, you know I'm grateful to be here, and I'm listening to every word. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but you know it did give me puppet master vibes. That's what I was gonna say. Yes, I get, I get what you mean. Like it's one of those things where I feel like these housewives. I don't know how you know how much they really talk behind the scenes or how much you know planning really goes into the season or anything like that. But I would definitely like to think that these housewives know how to pick up certain things. Oh, thank you, Lee. Love you too. Um, I think they know how to pick up on certain things and like keep the story moving. I think of last season. Remember when Meredith and Whitney were at um, the, uh, where were they? Meredith's house or Whitney's house? And Meredith was like, I heard certain things about Lisa. And then, you know, and then Whitney's going off and saying, I heard you say. Like, I think these women know how to like pick up off of one another. And that's kind of what you need to do. At the end of the day, you are an ensemble cast. So you have to be able to pick up the pieces, you know? Yeah. I agree. Um, Angelique in Detroit said, wearing a shirt that says the good Angie at BravoCon. Um, no, ma'am. <laughs> we will not be wearing that shirt. Yes. But I did actually, Angie told me that she was going to be watching and said that she hopes that we're saying good things about her. And I said, listen, I'll see you at BravoCon. Oh, not you dragging her. <laughs> I didn't drag her. I said, I'll see you at BravoCon. I'm not giving you a pass. I'm so sick of giving everybody a pass. If I give everybody a pass, then I just look like I'm up everyone's ass. No, it's no, true. Did not mean to rhyme that, but I'm, I'm very Dr. Seuss over here today. But like, I cannot just give everybody a pass. Like for Angie, I don't like the aggressive way that she's coming in because it's not authentic to the, what we saw from her last season. And she was very endearing and sweet. And this season, it seems a little bit more performative. But one moment that I really did enjoy seeing, or a lot of moments that I enjoy seeing, is her with her family, her and her husband, her and her daughter, Electra, and then teaching her daughter a new word, in, uh, a Greek word every single day. But what did you think when we had the moment of her telling her husband, which you know, by the way, that this one's for the cameras, but they had this conversation before the cameras came because she needed to prep him, right? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, let's, let's, just, let's just be honest here. We, I think we talked about this with OC, right? With Jen and Ryan, when yeah. you know she approached him and said, Tamara's saying that you're cheating or whatever. Um, yeah, no. These, these conversations are never, I don't really buy them fully. That's why I think I kind of enjoy the group scenes a lot more because I feel like in those scenes, they're really living in the moment and you really don't know what these girls are going to say to one another when they're throwing insults and whatever. But when you see these, um, you know, you see a couple that finally has their scene after something happened and they were brought up or they were attacked or whatever. I never fully buy these scenes only because if you were in that situation, wouldn't you tell your partner what happened? And, you know, and what we need to talk about the next day when the cameras come into the house. I know that's what I would do. And I think anybody would do that. Yeah. So when I see these scenes, I'm a little, you know, I'm like, what, you know, kind of watching them, you know, a certain way. Um, but it's interesting given the way that they talked about it. And to be honest with you, I do buy the fact that her husband, you know, is upset that this was brought up who wouldn't be like who wouldn't be upset that a rumor like this is brought out there to be honest with you i think one thing that i really wish that the show would be more honest about if we're really going to be a reality show i wish they could be more honest with each other and not only talk about yes it sucks that this is going to be out there and my kids going to be affected and that's all true i wish they could say on camera i hate this is on the show now i hate that people at home are now going to hear this and people are going to talk about this in the outside world i wish they could talk about that because that would be Besides, of course, my child, that would be my number one concern is the fact that this was brought up on the show and people are going to talk about this and attack me on social media for it. And they're going to throw insults at me. Like, I wish they would bring that up because I feel like that's actual reality. 
You know, one of the moments that I felt like either it was contrived or it was something authentic, I don't know. Her husband's name is Sean. Is it Sean? Yes. Yeah, I believe. Um, is when he said, it doesn't matter who I'm accused of sleeping with. It's the fact of just infidelity in itself. And I was like, gold. Mm -hmm. Smart, the way that you did that. And that was genius. And that could have been very rehearsed. And maybe it was, but whatever, we're not mad at you for it. And Heather Gay was like, of course, if he has tailored pants and a corduroy suit. I don't even know what a corduroy suit is. Yeah, I, I was lost a little bit on that one. <laughs> Do you, know, you don't know what it is? Well, I knew what she was saying, but I wasn't fully like, you know what I mean? Like I was hearing her, but I was just kind of rolling my eyes at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in Salt Lake City, I walked down the street in Salt Lake City um, because when I went to go do the Jin Shaw interview, she had a person, a tailor, or somebody who could put together suits and asked me two days before, do I want a suit made? And I said, no, thank you. I have a suit. And if it doesn't fit, then I just look like an asshole. And I'm okay. <laughs> That's like my everyday. I'm good with that. But I went into this downtown area where they all shop. And when Jason and I were walking, we got a lot of interesting looks, which I thought was wild because I kind of felt like a fish out of water only because when I was walking past a lot of the restaurants, they were promoting their gay pride at the time. And it was like a huge thing. It was like gay pride, gay pride, gay pride, and all of the same posters, all of the same whatever. And Jason and I are not very open in the sense that like most people think that we're brothers or twins and... Lucky for him, he's 40, I am 30. I don't know how the fuck they think we're twins, but they do. And they like, we're, we're not like parading around like, oh my God, we're in a relationship. It's just kind of like we're together. And you see, if anything, it's just like the indication is the two rings. Right. But we got a lot of funny looks. And I can see what Heather's saying is like, you know, in this community, maybe there could be some people who immediately judge. I feel like where I'm living now in South Florida, I, and Jason always argues with me on this, and he's like, I don't think it's like what you think it is. And I'm like, no, it definitely is. Like, it's not super gay, which I'm okay with. I don't need to be in Boys Town in order to live my life. But I also don't want to walk down the street or walk into a grocery store and be like, enemy number one. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. You it's don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't want to be uncomfortable. But on this whole situation with her husband, you know, I, I, I did really feel bad for them. And I'm wondering, I'm hearing that this wasn't the actual rumor that was going on. I'm hearing from behind the scenes that the rumor was actually pertaining to allegedly bad business practices. And it wasn't this specific thing. But I think we have to watch the rest of the season to see how this plays out. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. And I will say, I was not personally that surprised when he mentioned that comment that you're talking about when he said it's not about being gay or straight, it's just the infidelity. Only because he said the exact same thing at Watch What Happens Live the week prior when Angie was the guest. Um, which, you know, makes sense. Like, you know, you would say the same thing probably over and over if you were questioned about it constantly. Um, so I'm glad that he not only said it on Watch What Happens Live at the time when he was first asked about it, he also said it on the show when it finally came time for him to talk about it on the show. So I agree with you. I think that was the best thing that he could have said regarding that situation. And I'm going to be very interested to kind of see how the season plays out, like where they're going to take this now, like where this goes like is this going to be really one of the main storylines or as we even see later in the episode does it kind of spark other problems in the group with you know other people like i don't know it's going to be interesting to see but i think so far i think angie and um sean have handled it very well and yeah. i think they have i think they've handled it very well and it'll be interesting to see where where it takes the rest of the ladies i think this is just a starting point you know okay Mm-hmm. all right We'll leave you and your cannolis alone over there in Vegas. All right. So moving on, the conversation. And I had a different perspective on this only because, you know, Jason is, um, Jason was raised with a Mormon parent and a Jewish parent, right? So I couldn't even imagine. 
I was raised with <laughs> just two not very religious parents who were very vastly different. Mm. And in this moment, Jason was watching with me last night and Lisa Barlow was talking to her son, Jack. Right. When she was talking to her son, she was explaining how, you know, a lot of parents will try to convince their kids, bribe their kids, go on a mission. You know, Heather Gay is all up in her shit and wants to know, why is your son going on this mission to promote this, like this lifestyle, this religion, this way of life, even more? Why? And she's like, you know, I don't really want to answer those things to Heather Gay. But what I do want to say is to my son, I am so proud of you. And I have to give her that because I think that knowing my parents and knowing Jason's parents, no matter what you do as a kid, your parents are going to do their best to be proud of you. And I think that that is the exact practice that Lisa Barlow is exercising in this moment. But, girl, how do you talk about being a part of the Mormon church and you have never opened the Book of Mormon? What the f*** are you talking about? I was kind of gagged over that. Huh? I was gagged over that, too. Jason said that, like, he... I asked him, I said, have you read the Book of Mormon? He's like, we had to. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can tell you the entire book. And I was like... And then Jack was saying, I'm reading it now, and it's like this action-packed film. And I'm currently like reading it, but I'm not like, I don't know at all. And Jason said to me, he's like, I'm shocked by that because you're about to go on a mission. And it's something where when you go on a mission, please, anyone who's Mormon, like bear with me here. And Jason, don't rip my head off. They, what they do is the head of the church, who I don't know the exact name of, um, they pick let's say they pick out of a hat, theoretically, they pick where you're going. So it could be Portugal, it could be London, it could be Reno, Nevada, it could be Los Angeles, it could be Israel, it could be anywhere in the world. And that's where you're going. And then you have a couple weeks of prep time where they put you through classes to learn the certain language. That way you're able to articulate the message of the Book of Mormon and trying to tell people you know, why you should come to our faith, right? You already have a lot on your plate, let alone not actually having read the Book of Mormon. I just, the fact that he was kind of taken aback by it, I was taken aback by the fact that he was taken aback. I'm like, oh no, that makes sense. It's like, it's like if you were trying to teach me math and you stopped at pre-algebra. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of where I stopped, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was right. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with Jason. I was really surprised by that. Because one thing I honestly didn't understand is I didn't really understand. I know Lisa's Mormon, but I didn't understand her role in the Mormon church just because, you know, she owns a tequila company. She, you know, drinks a lot of Diet Coke. You know, she does a lot of whatever. And I know the other ladies like Heather and Whitney in the past have like challenged Lisa as to like, how Mormon are you really? Because you don't really follow a lot of the Mormon practices. So I I really wasn't sure where where Lisa was with the whole Mormon thing. And then when it came to this season and the fact that Jack decided to go on a mission on his own and didn't even tell Lisa or her or his dad in the beginning, I was even more confused. I was like, wait, he decided to go because I, I grew up with some Mormons in Vegas and the way I understood it was like, like Jason's talking about, like, Ray's reading the Book of Mormon. The parents are very involved with the process. They encourage their kids to go. So this felt very opposite of the fact that they were not pushing him. Last season, they were trying to send him to college, and he had no interest in going to college. So the fact that he then turned around and said, I actually want to go on a mission instead, and he began that process without even telling them. I was also very surprised that he, yeah, that he could even start that process without even reading the Book of Mormon. And the fact that they go to church and not the temple. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought if you were Mormon, you had to go to the temple. Like that was like the rule. I didn't realize you had to be, I think in Lisa's words, good enough to go to the temple. So I didn't realize, okay, then you can go to a church instead if you're not good enough for the temple. Like it's all, I I was really blown away about a lot of the stuff that she talked about last night because I didn't realize how complicated or I guess how nuanced the situation really was. It was really interesting. 
you know, when we went to Salt Lake City for our Jinshaw interview, we ended up going, They the temple was under construction, and I don't know if it is anymore, but there's a period of time, and Jason's in the live chat, so maybe he'll correct me on this, but there's a period of time where when it's under construction and when they're doing certain things that it's open to the public before it is officially closed off. And then that's when you have to be Mormon and you get it, right? So we were able to walk into a lot of these uh, places that are super significant to the Mormon church. And when we did, as soon as we walked in, I had a hat on and Jason's like, take that shit off. And I was like, okay. And I came out looking like Johnny Bravo, like look like I look like a freaking cockatoo, but I was okay (laughs) with it. I was like, I just want to walk around and see. And these two girls walked up to us and they had where they were from. One was from Mexico and then one was from somewhere else. I don't remember exactly, but they were like, hi, can we help you with this, this, and this? And then we, every room that we walked into, there were always pairs of two. And I said to Jason, I said, I kind of feel like I'm like walking into a Macy's and like getting pitched on a sales floor. And he's like, do not be disrespectful. This is how it goes. And they're here and part of their job and their, you know, their mission is to share with you the information that is what they're here for. And he really checked me really quickly. And I appreciated it because someone not understanding, you don't know the significance behind it, but it made me really appreciate like being walked through and then understanding why there was two people in every room that I, I no longer needed to avoid what the whole situation was. And now I get it. It doesn't mean that you necessarily want to be a part of anything. Right. But at least I think that there's a lot of power in understanding. Yes. And yeah. it's and I'm honestly grateful when these housewives kind of tell us this stuff only because I think it's very informative. I think it's very interesting. I think all of us have our own preconceived notions about anything that we're not personally involved with based on the little information that we really have. So yeah. I think it's best to go into these types of things open-minded. And I'm glad that Jason was there to kind of correct you and whatnot, because it's very easy to walk into those situations closed-minded and yeah. judgmental, but it really comes from a place of ignorance. You just don't know. And so right. as a result of you not knowing, you're quick to judge. But it's nice when you can kind of take a step back and be like, okay, let me like hear this out. And like you said, it doesn't mean you have to be full-on committed to the cause. You can just come at it from a more interested state of being and you want to be educated on it as opposed to judging it. So it's very interesting. And I don't, I know Jack is on the mission right now. I don't know where he went. Maybe they'll say that later in the season, but it's very interesting to me. Very interesting. Well, they might not say it in order to protect him. True. Yeah. Which totally makes sense too. Uh, I would love to know why, why he even decided to do it. And I can't wait to meet you, Jason. We're going to have so much fun, Uh Um, but I'm honestly, I would love to know why he even decided to do it, you know, because I know he was really against college, like we saw last season. So I wonder well, what made him want to do it. And also you were so busy, like pitching your business and trying to grow your business. I mean, the same thing. I'm not against anything. I have gone through so many different, I like in my twenties, I designed an app that was an all-inclusive video dating app. And then from there, I did, I came up with a patent from there. I wrote a book. And from there, I went to YouTube. Like, I think that we go through these different things and we try to figure out what sticks with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a part of the journey. So I completely get that. But I would love to see an interview with him one day kind of explaining. And I'm curious to see if he ends up sticking with it. But what were your thoughts about Heather's conversation with Whitney talking about why she is like annoyed with Whitney for not having a bigger stance on Jack's mission it's a tricky situation i think heather is 100 projecting onto lisa and her son because we all know that heather um obviously has not had a good relationship with the mormon church she has had her problems with this she was excommunicated like all of that right and i think she really resented the way she was raised in a lot of ways i think she doesn't like the way she was raised due to the mormon practices and whatnot so i think she's projecting a lot of that onto lisa and jack and that's not fair i think it's one thing if heather wanted to sit them down and say hey i just want to let you know like you know i went on a mission because i don't think lisa has ever gone on a mission lisa's i think like a newer mormon so i think at the end of the day heather sees that jack is kind of following a lot of the things that heather did as a kid And I think she's just trying to be like, 
listen, I don't think you realize what you're getting yourself into here by sending Jack on this mission. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment. It can be really hard on young people to go and do this. And it, especially depending on where they're sent, some of these people are sent to very dangerous places. And they're not only have to, they not only have to live there, they have to knock on strangers' doors and try to convert them to Mormonism. I mean, it's like a real thing. So I get why Heather is concerned. I think the way she's going about it, though, is not necessarily the right way. I think she can definitely sit, sit Lisa down and say, I am not trying to judge you or tell you what to do with you, your life or your son's life at all. I yeah. just want to let you know, as someone who has gone through this process and who did not have a good time doing it, I just want to give you my, you know, just my two cents, just in case it helps you, you know, figure out how you want to handle it as a mother. But at the end of the day, I don't want to judge you. I feel like she's coming across a little judgmental because not only is she asking hard questions at Lisa, but then she's also talking about it with Whitney. And then for Heather to be upset at Whitney for not saying anything, I think is a little silly. Like it's really not Heather or Whitney's place to show their disdain. It's or, not your kid. It's not your kid. It's not your place to say that you don't approve of Lisa's choice to let Jack on, go on a mission. So I think I get why Heather would feel some type of way, but I think she's not handling it the right way. You know what? Like the best analogy I can give you to describe this is, it's like when you have a friend and you party with that friend for a long time and you have all of the fun and you go to the Abbey and you go to all these places and you're like, oh, hey. And then all of a sudden this friend is like, no, bitch, I am sober now. I am no longer into, I am not California sober. I am sober, sober. I am not smoking. I am not drinking. I'm not nothing. And then that friend comes around and you guys go to go out and they're like, Ricky, a vodka soda. Right. Are you kidding? And it's like, wait a minute. I'm wrong, good. <laughs> Just because you're on your journey doesn't mean that you need to project your journey onto me. You are on your own independent journey and I am on mine. So go on journey. You know, mm -hmm. it'd be exactly it's like and it'd be one thing if this friend said, hey, I'm just letting you know, I have been clean now for however long. And like, I feel healthier. I'm in a better mental state, like not telling you that you need to do that. But I'm just letting you know, like, I'm feeling so great not drinking anymore. And I'm living my best life. I actually would be I would respect that. And that would actually stick with me a lot more thinking, wait, Bessie over here is doing a lot better since they're not drinking anymore. Maybe I should adapt like a sober mentality for a little bit. I would be more open to it instead of you pushing your thoughts on me instead of just sharing them don't push them you know what i mean yeah no i agree now moving on before i come back to well one i guess since we're on the topic of heather what were your thoughts of lisa and whitney going over to console angie k about the rumors that came out but then lisa being triggered over the fact that angie had a good conversation and could potentially have some sort of growth with angie katsanavis Right. First off, I just want to say Angie's house is so nice. I like, it looks gorgeous. That white marble. I'm just like, oh, like, I just want to see her house. And I know I think they had a party last season or something. I think. Yeah, with Coach Shaw's. I think it was Harlem Nights. Coach Shaw's birthday was there. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful house. Just wanted to say that. I love her home. Um, I thought it was sweet. I love that Lisa and Whitney went over to check on her and they had a little kiki and they could talk about it. Um, I thought Angie, I think Whitney and Lisa were really correct when they said you're handling this very well. Cause I think, yeah, I think they really did expect to go over there and she would have been crying and she would have been all whatever, but Angie was very matter of fact about it. And I think she was handling it. Well, I will say, I think Whitney really did a good job. Like, okay, Lisa, I get it. Like you're, you're, you're a little up triggered and a little, bothered by the fact that Angie and Heather are like starting to forge a little bit of a friendship maybe and you and Heather haven't been able to get to that step yet but Winnie said it best like read the room like girl we are here to consult Angie because her marriage was just attacked at an event yesterday yeah this is not the time for you to be upset over your friendship with Heather like let's let's give each other the right time and space you know I think timing is everything. And I think that this timing was really freaking off. And for Lisa, she's like, I love myself. We're like, girl, we know. We know you love yourself. Nobody loves Lisa Barlow more than Lisa Barlow. Or uh, the mortgages that you're paying at every fast food restaurant in Salt Lake City. <laughs> we get that. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, understood. We're good. So, moving on. Meredith Marks. The accident. Yeah. You know, I saw where a lot of fans were like, you want sympathy. And as someone who has not had the best luck with driving around mountains, especially in bad uh, terrain, I saw where she was saying 
you know, the, the car was either going to hit the bank or go off of the hill. And I was like, guys, I have been a part of this. It is one of the most terrifying things. You literally look and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be the end of it. And not to get morbid on you guys, but one of my best friends in high school was going down the mountain and there was, it was raining and hydroplaned off the side of the mountain and took a 60 foot fall. My friend is no longer here. So I think that you guys have to like when we're watching it, it's such a serious thing. So for her to be upset and crying in the confessional, it's like, yeah, you see your life. Like, you're like, is this it? Are we done? Are, am I never going to see my kids? And then you're crying about it. But those emotions are so very real. And I don't think that that's a way to scapegoat out of having the tougher conversation with Angie Katsanevas. I think that that's just how a lot of fans are perceiving it. But I wanted to hear what your thoughts were after I just like drilled my opinion in your head. No, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. I know for me, I'm not the best. I've been in two car accidents myself. Thankfully, they were both very mild. Um, and I was at fall. It was just little fender benders. I just hit the back of a car in front of me on two occasions. Um, and I will say both... Just a bad driver? I'm not the best driver. I'm a gay. <laughs> I am not the best driver. Can I start saying that? Yes, gay men cannot drive well. Sorry. Maybe I'm Jason putting... drives great. I'm just a... I learned how to um, parallel park with a hitch on my car. And unfortunately sure. for the other cars, like. That's you know. impressive. I can yeah. never do that. Yeah. <laughs> I never. No, no. Why, how I even got my driver's license, I don't know. But I will say, yeah, I'm not the best driver. And I've gone into a couple car accidents myself. And they were both very mild. Um, but I will even say, even me getting into this couple car accidents, the way I would be so shaky, my voice would be quivering, like you're in such a shade of shock, you know, when a car accident happens, even if it's super mild. I think we've even been, everyone's probably been in a situation or two, like you take a turn a little too sharp and you hear those tires screech or whatever, and like that scares you. You know, being in a, any type of car accident or car freak out or whatever is very scary. Um, I can only imagine being on a snowy road, you know, and the driver loses control and you, even if you end up in the snowbank, that's scary. Like that couple, like, even if it's just a couple seconds of just like, oh, we're losing control. Like, you know, the tires are spinning or whatever is scary. And yeah. I'm so glad nobody got hurt. I'm so glad that she's okay, but it's scary. And I was really surprised that the editors took like the comedic root with it. And the fact that they put accident in quotations on the lower third, I was really surprised about that because- the only reason I could think that they wanted to play it down and make it like, oh, this is kind of dramatic is because I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here. I think we've seen Meredith is a pretty dramatic person. I think she kind of like blows a lot of situations up and she can be very dramatic. Yeah. So I don't know if this was just a situation where they thought where the editors thought she was just being over dramatic about this and we're going to play this down because it's not that deep. I think that's I, that's the only reason why I can think the editors would do that. Because other than that, I just really don't think car accidents are thinking we should ever like joke about or kind of think somebody's being dramatic about like, at least the way she described it, that sounds like a pretty terrifying situation to me. So and she seemed pretty distraught talking about it. And then I don't know if you saw her tweet. She's been in a really horrible car accident in the past where she was projectiled out of a car and her friend passed away in that same car accident. So let alone if the car accident itself was that severe. If you have been in a car accident before, you are very triggered. I know for me, even my little fender benders, benders that I've gone into, I'm, I'm like very, I'm much more nervous driving now. Like if I get a little too close to a car, I start to freak out. When I'm driving down the freeway and cars are merging really fast, I get really nervous because, you know, they get so close and everything. Like I'm more on edge when I drive now because of my car accidents and mine were pretty mild. I can't even imagine being in Meredith's situation where you're projected out of a car and then your friend who was also in the car passed away any little car mishap will make you nervous after that so i think the situation could have been handled a little bit more seriously yeah i think that there was a lot i think that there have been a lot of editing things like snafus going on with meredith because anytime they're like meredith said and you're <laughs> right. in like the background and yeah. it's like i get it it's editing but a situation like this like I mean, guys, I can go down the list of just nasty accidents. And, you know, my brother and I at one point said we need to get out of Florida because I think collectively we can count on two hands how many friends that we lost during high school and all of the things. And it was just 
it was so terrible. So it's something that I just don't ever want to downplay. No. Um, but something that you can't downplay because it's just so obviously blatant right there in your face is this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> watch what happens live situation. Very. Now, I want to know what your thoughts are about Mary Cosby. Can I just go over a few things that happen on the Mary Cosby show of Watch What Happens Live? Because Please. there was a lot. Please do. All right. So we're going to start off with, because I know what the biggest one is that everybody, like people are actually saying like cancel her over one, one of them. But Z-Way brought her a fish au filet. Yeah. I think that's called a fish au filet. Is a fish, fish fillet, like a fish fillet sandwich. Is it not a fish au fillet? Oh, you know what? It might be. It might be. I don't know. To be honest with you, I have not eaten at McDonald's in a long time. And not that I don't have anything against it. I just, I, and I never, the idea of getting fish from a McDonald's makes me nervous. <laughs> so I've never ordered that. So maybe you call it a fish au fillet, but I thought it was just like a fish fillet sandwich. <laughs> right. Well, Z-Way tried to bring her one and she's like, here is your smash... To be fair, Z-Way was being shady as hell. She's like, here's your smashed up, nasty fucking fish au filet. And she's like, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. And Andy's like, you don't want this nice, gracious gift? And she was like, Andy, would you eat it? He said, if it was a cheeseburger, I would. And I thought that was comedy. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it, right? Yeah. The part that I didn't necessarily love was this moment. Yeah. Versace or hibachi? So she was asked Versace or hibachi in a game of Watch What Happens Live about Heather Gay's, well, she called it a corset, but it's a corset. And she was like, I think that that Gucci corset is fake. Why do you think it's fake? Because I've never seen Gucci make a size 14 corset. <laughs> Mary M. Cosby, you've already called this woman inbred and made fun of her chunky necklace. And said she dresses like shit. And now you're fat shaming her? Like, what else do you want? Do you want to talk about her ass next? What, what are we did doing? She fat shame her last season, too. I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought for sure she said something last season about I feel like her. she fat shames her every chance that she gets. I think that we've fat shamed her like three times. Yes. Oh, yes, she did. It was when they were in Vail, I want to say. They were on some cast trip. And she said something. And Heather's chubby self, she said that. Um, yes. Yes. So, so she's fat shamed her a few times. Like, hello. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. This was actually a situation where, you know how Mary will say things and it's almost like I don't think she realizes she's being offensive. I actually was thinking this was one of those situations where she was saying, I don't think they make it in that size. Like, I almost felt like she wasn't even trying to say it's because of her weight. I think she was trying to say it. I've just never seen a corset that big. No. Just no, ma'am. You don't yeah. get to play smart and stupid at the same time. No, I agree. Because listen, anybody with common sense would never say something like that. Like You're in so all of the fashion houses. You are spending all of the congregation's money, allegedly, on the fashion houses. You know you've been in these homes or these houses. You've been in these designer you know, shops. And you know what they have. And to sit there and say that, I just think it's like, you know, when she went in on Jen Shaw and she was like, I knew she was guilty. That's why I said it in that moment. And you know what? Good luck to Jin Shaw. Bye. I was like, okay, that's fair. That is your, those are your feelings, which was wild to me because when I talked to Jen, when we did the interview, Jen told me that Mary was everything for reality TV. She told me how great she was, how the show needed her, how the show missed her, how she missed her. And she said, you just have to understand that she's super quirky. But Mary did. She doubled down and that's totally okay. Those are her opinions. I think opinions as long as you're not hurting someone, they're okay. But then I think that when you say things like, especially what's going on in the world today, yeah, which I'm going to keep that out of here. But I think that when you say things like, Andy, you haven't tried 2003 Dom Perignon. You want to know why? Like, it's great because, and it was so chaotic, the answer. She's like, I can't. It was a mess. I can't remember, but it was great because I'm so sorry. I'm flustered. I'm on TV and, you know, so many people died and their bodies like seeped into the ground, producing the best grapes in the city of Champagne. I'm like, do you understand how stupid and ignorant that sounds? Not calling her stupid or ignorant, but do you understand like those people have 
brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children. And you're a very public figure. And those people see, or at least maybe one of them have seen what you've said. And that's triggering, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say she reminds me, and the, the, I, I don't know if I should say this, but it, she reminds me of a certain um, person, a certain political figure who rose to prominence for saying very unhinged, negative, mean things. And as a result, they built a huge following. And I kind of feel like that's something that Mary is doing. I think a lot of people love her for being so mean and so unhinged and so whatever. And this just goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the of this. We have to crack down when people say mean things. It's one thing when you're being quirky I think quirky is very different than mean, okay? Like, you can be quirky and really nice person, okay? Quirky doesn't mean you have to be mean. Quirky doesn't mean you have to say really insensitive or, you know, offensive things. And I think Mary says a lot of just offensive things. I do think, part of me does think she says these things without realizing how offensive they are. I think we even saw that, um, what was it, two seasons ago? When she came for Jenny's... She didn't comfort, but she complimented Jenny's eyes. I think Mary legitimately did not know she was being offensive in that moment. I really do. I don't think she meant it. Was it still offensive? Yes. And like, you should never say anything like that, obviously. But I think Mary really lacks like that kind of like common sense almost where she doesn't even know she's saying something offensive. And I think, I think she knows that people are starting to come for her a little bit. Cause did you notice on watch what happens live? She kept saying, Andy, tell me if I'm saying something rude. Andy, remind me if I'm saying, she said that a few times. You can't just walk into every situation, you know, and I saw where Ebony Dick said, didn't she, uh, Heather Gay accused her of kidnapping a child or whatever. That was an actual those were court documents. That was an actual investigation of her being accused of sheltering her son's girlfriend who was underage. So those things, they live in public record, right? So of course that's going to be brought up. But I think that when you come into every situation and you are, you know, like it's like, oh, you're eating a crepe, you fat asshole. Or, oh my God, like a size 14, I've never seen it. Or, oh my God, you look inbred. Or you look like, a, what did she call Jen Shaw? Mexican thug? Yeah, that Gangster? was crazy. And, and it's like, oh, oh, chubby cell. It's like, okay, now at some point, Jason reminds me all the time of this. It's like at a certain age, we know right from wrong and you know what you can say and what you can't say and you know how to treat people. Even if I feel a certain way and I don't like you, I'm going to reserve those opinions and I'm going to not have those conversations or be out loud about them. I'm just going to, I'm either going to pass on you or it's going to be, I'm going to treat you with kindness and just kind of keep it moving. If I don't have anything nice to say to you, I'm just going to move it right along. I'm not going to say, Oh, okay. What do you and your saggy ass have to say to me today? Like, yeah, no. You look inbred. No. It's not, it's like you can't do that. And Mary does not get a pass on this. No. And then when you don't even know what the members of the congregation are doing and you're calling your own members of the congregation sketchy, I was like, in that moment, too, backtrack. So when I went to go interview her parents, I was riding around on one of those bird scooters, you know, like the bird thing. And it was such a pain in the ass because I didn't have the app. I didn't know my password, whatever. So I finally got myself on a bird scooter. It is snowing outside and I got in front of the church. I was taking photos, selfies, like take a picture, click, click. Hey, okay, here I am. And I'm taking photos in front of it. And this woman stops me and she said, excuse me, what are you doing? And I said, oh my God. I'm a big fan of the show and hi, I just, I didn't, this is wow. It's here. It's real. And yeah. I just wanted to take a picture. And the woman said to me, she said, Oh, you're a fan of Mary's. And I was like, uh-huh. maybe, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And from that, she said to me, she's like, something that's always stuck with me and I've never changed the story. She was like, yes, we, as a part of the congregation, we are right now trying to figure out the remodeling of it, but we hope one day that Mary will rise again. And I was like, what? 
in the shit is that? Mm-hmm. I have never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Rise again. She doesn't need to rise. She's in her closet. Right. Guys, we don't need her to rise again. We can go knock on the door. She is right there in her closet. We can contact her. She's accessible. She is right there. But then just call the congregation sketchy and be like, you know, right now we're under construction. You've been under construction since last February, which means February, March, April, May, June. Very much April, May, June, June. We're like a year and a half into under construction, which could be totally possible. But before you ran your congregation out of, and I only know this after talking to her parents, out of a downtown warehouse sort of situation. So there are other places that you can continue the church on in or other venues that you can take on that exist, especially with the amount of money that was coming into the church. That could that could potentially happen. But to sit there and say that they're sketchy. I'm like, who is going to this church and why? And why is anybody sitting there just like donating? Like, I, I, I don't want to ever question someone's faith or what they believe in or attack it. And I think that that's what a lot of these women struggle with. I just personally don't understand it. And there's a lot of things that I haven't understood and I come off as ignorant and I would just like to understand. I'm not bashing it. I would love to understand. Me too. They just need to, we need like a whole documentary on Mary Cosby. I mean, we really do. I think there's been so many unanswered questions about her since day one. I think nobody still really fully understands her relationship with her husband. I think people obviously don't understand her relationship with her parents. I think people don't understand the church. I think people don't understand the things that she says. I mean, honestly, I feel like in a lot of ways, Mary Cosby, I think that's one of the reasons why she has so many fans and why people are so fascinated by her is because she says things that people don't really understand. And then her life people do not understand that's why part of me thinks she doesn't realize a lot of the things that she says are hurtful because i think she really lives in her own world um and i think we can all kind of pick up on that just by watching her she clearly does live in her own reality so i think she doesn't really understand you know certain things um so i feel like we just need to like get some kind of documentary we need to learn more about this woman because how else do you explain the things that she says and the things that she does? I mean, like, she just has a very interesting life. I mean, there's really no other way to understand it. And I agree with you. She should not say a lot of these things that she's saying because they are not right. They're just mean. They're just offensive. No one should ever stand up with that. But I think we can all pick up on the vibe that Mary has had a very interesting life. And I feel like if we were to understand it more, maybe we would understand why she acts the way she does. Yeah. Right, Ricky. Not enough time in the world to understand Mary. She's not all... Okay, Ebony Dex. Okay. All right. Ricky, what are you looking forward to when it comes to the rest of the season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? So much. I'm honestly just excited to see where all of this goes. I think there's lots of things that we haven't, we don't even realize are coming yet. You know, I think about little moments in the trailer that have me excited that I feel like what we're seeing right now might not even correlate fully with what's to come. So to be honest with you, I'm just excited for all of it. And I'm excited to see this fall has us Bravo fans like exhausted. I mean, we have Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, Miami, Potomac. And outside of Housewives, you got like Southern Charm, Winter House, Married to Medicine. I mean, my goodness, like Bravo is giving us a lot to chew on and, you know, eat this fall. So I'm just excited for all of it, to be honest with you. It's not stopping. Well, guys, if you don't know, Ricky's going to let you know. Mm -hmm. Where can we find you? You can find me on all social media at Ricky Cornish. I'm starting to build my YouTube channel, if you can believe. Um, I've really just been focusing on TikTok and, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. But um, I'm going to be moving over to YouTube and start posting my TikToks to YouTube shorts. Um, Just because I feel like I should have been doing that a long time ago. So I'm finally getting on top of that. So yeah, definitely check it out. But you can just follow me everywhere at Ricky Cornish. Okay. All right, guys. Well, definitely everybody in the live chat, thank you for being respectful. And sometimes it's not the easiest conversations, but a lot of times when it comes to these housewife shows, there's a lot of controversy and we want to talk about it. So thank you. Thank you. We have so many exciting things um, coming up. And then also Jason is going to be working on that vlog from behind the scenes of the House of Villains premiere that I went to last week in LA. So I can't wait to share that with you guys. We'll be back tomorrow for OC No Hot Messy Topics on Friday because I will be going out of town for another thing that I can't wait to share with you guys. And yeah, I just love you guys. So smash the like button, show some love, and we'll see you next time. Go follow Ricky at Ricky Cornish everywhere. Bye, guys.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.